Hey. Hello. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. Can uh, can you hear me? Yep. Loud and clear. So I was thinking, since uh, since Phil's probably not gonna be doing this too much, probably only as much as mandatory. Um, we could probably just use this, and then when not, we could just upload it. Uh, yeah. I, well, let me try Zencaster see how it goes. I just my my computer yeah. all set a low charge, so I don't know what to do with that. Oh. Um, she just went to the bathroom. He's about to get back up. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? What you going to do? Um, what you going to do? Hey, what, uh... What, what makes Zencaster so, like, special? It can host more than five people. And then what else? Is it basically just the same thing? Quampy, you're being stubborn. It's the same thing, but it's more convenient for us. To use no, that I'm not, to, saying, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm saying that, what, like, why is it different from this? It's the same. It's basically the same service. It's just you can host more people. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it has all the same editing features. <laughs> Dear Carlos, he's so cute. Yeah, he's my favorite. All right. Uh, why say something? I want to hear. I want to hear you how you're coming through. Hey guys. Oh, you're connected on a different device. Yeah, yeah, Me? yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fine. That works. Um, for a second, I thought you guys were in the same, uh, on the same computer or whatever. Um, all right, uh, let's do a little quick game plan. Uh, how do we, how do we want to do this? Um, I'm think thinking... Just like, we, like, we, we start off like you did last time. We're just like, hey, what's up, what's up? And then, uh... We we go from there, and you're like, so what's this week's book? And we're like, oh, what what's today's book? And you're like, well, I figure since you're the one who picked the story, the short story, not the book, um, yeah, we, maybe we can we can ask you why uh, why you picked it. No, because there's no particular reason. We we had just read it. That's why. <laughs> that's fine. You can say that. Did you even like it? I, mean, I kind of like it. It's interesting. All right. Weird. I think we need to vet these a little more in the future, but we'll, we'll go ahead and roll we need to get, get contact to. All right. Um, okay. Um, we're just going to do this, and it'll whatever happens, happens. That's we'll, what we did last time, and it sounded fine. Yeah, it's okay if it's a dad. We're still, we're still, you know, it's still, it's like good practice, kind of. Yeah, all right. Uh, I mean, I'm going to count down, okay? Wait, Fred, also, can you edit? Can you, like, try and do the other thing, though? The other one? Can you do that one? The other podcast? Am I yeah. going to edit it? Yeah, I'm going to edit it. Yeah. Okay, okay. For Good. example, Quancha uh, made a joke about something being woke. And that's that's now a, a PC no-no because it's uh, supposedly disrespectful of African Americans. So oh. I'm going to edit his comment out. Uh, yeah. Hashtag not getting canceled. Um. I know. As soon as I said that, I kind of like cringed, and I was like, "Oh, I know that was a mistake." That's okay. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's just the fault is not with you, but with the society that we live in, where it has to be edited out. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I'm gonna count down, and we're gonna go. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Five, four. Oh, let me talk to the wife. Hold up. This is... Hold up.
we got too much ambient noise here. We got to try this one more time. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Hey, hey, man. Which, how, uh, how's life? Good. I mean, you know, just chilling. Just staying at home, you know. Okay. Juancho, how, how, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm, uh, Getting ready to go to England pretty soon, which is exciting. For school, right? For school, yeah. I got my visa in the mail a few days ago, which is also exciting. Wasn't clear that that was going to fall into place, but it did. So my reckless optimism and trust in bureaucracy is once again validated. So talk to me, uh, talk to you guys. What uh, What is the... Uh... What's the, uh, so it's not the book today. Today we're covering a short story. What short story are we covering? We're going to cover All Summer in a Day by Ray, Ray Bradbury. Okay. All right. So let's start off. What is it about? Why is it good? Well, it's about like this new colony on Venus, which is interesting. Very interesting. It's super short. It's four pages long. All right. So it's almost like flash fiction. Yeah, I think that's a good term. Um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting story. It's pretty out there. Like a lot of what Ray Ben. Um, it's set in a colony of Venus, but interestingly, I don't think it really has to be. I mean, it's it's a little strange. It's a little. Uh, it's it's very focused. It's a, it's a very focused short story. It's focusing on this classroom, I guess, full of kids. And the kids are nine years old. And the big thing that happens in this story is that on Venus, it rains constantly for seven years. Always for seven years. Yeah, just doesn't stop raining for seven years. And I think they actually live underground, but they can sort of hear the rain. Well, and maybe That's like an interesting, that's an interesting number. It's almost like... Uh... It's almost biblical. Yeah, it's an ancient it's number. It's almost biblical. Yeah, seven, seven is an important number. That's yeah. a good point. I hadn't thought um, about that. And, you know, it's constant rain, so you're, you're, it's like a flood. Right. So you're sort of, uh, you're bringing in a religious theme there, too. Yeah. Well, I hadn't thought about that at all. Yeah. And he has this, this strange line about the jungle, which is kind of hard to picture because he does describe it uh in a very coherent way but he says the trees are constantly they're constantly growing and then being flooded and sort of washed out again it's like a constant is, process isn't venus like a fiery uninhabitable uninhabitable hellhole i mean i realize yeah, we're, it's fiction but that's completely correct there was actually recent news i think that they discovered an amino acid on venus i'm not sure so don't quote me on that but i think there's oh. some big news about some discovery on venus that oh, suggested wow. there that's cool. Yeah, kind of relevant. But yeah, no. So it's surprising that you say that because the rest of the story does show a lot of detail. Like a lot True. of detail. 
like I had like I have a quote here like it had been raining for seven for seven years thousands upon thousands of days compounded and filled from one end to the other with rain with a drum and and gush of water it's like makes you feel like you're there yeah I think that's what I was driving at when I said it's so focused he's like weirdly focused on some details like he's zooming in too much and when you zoom in too much it's hard to get a sense of where you are and that's how I felt. Maybe because the story was so short and it was so strange and it was so unfamiliar, I felt disoriented reading. The yeah, it's it's definitely different. But anyway, it rains for for every seven for seven years constantly, and then for like two hours after the seven years of rain, the sun comes out. And for some reason on Venus, they can predict this, and so they know this is going to happen. And the girl. I guess. So yeah, our main character. Yeah, she's the protagonist. I guess you could Mar say. Yeah, her name is Margot, and she's different. Ray Bradbury makes a big point of this, discussing that she's different, and she knows she's different, and the other kids know that she's different. She's actually from Earth, and she lived in Ohio, but then her parents came to Venus, and so she came, I think, four or five years ago. And as a result, she still remembers what the sun was like, which makes her different from all the other kids. Yeah, like the other kids almost hate her because of it. Yeah, they do. They do. And so they make some fun of her. And I guess, hey, hey, I, you, I lost you guys. Uh, are you? Have you been recording the whole time while I'm gone? I think so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. No worries. No biggie. Yeah. What did I miss? We were just talking about the plot a little bit, and we were saying, uh, um, yeah, uh, so Margo is different, and yeah. yeah. Well, well, given that this is such a short story, I think we can just go ahead and spoil this one. Okay, um, I think that's okay. So anyway, um, the thing is, the kids kind of gang up on Margo because she's different. They don't like her. They lock her in a closet. And then, because they're so excited that the sun is coming out that day, they forget that she's in the closet and they go outside and they play in the sun and Ray Bradbury has this very beautiful description of the kids playing in the sun and how it's so much better than the sun lamps that they use sometimes and they're so joyful and so free and happy and then one of the girls she catches a raindrop in her hand and they all realize that um, their time in the sun is over and the rain is going to begin again and it's going to continue for seven years and so they go back inside horribly dejected and then they remember that they'd locked Margot in the closet they'd done this really horrible thing yeah so she misses the only hour of sunshine for seven years yeah but yeah. Isn't, she, isn't she going back to earth anyway isn't that why they gang up on her because she's no, got to kick no, it out no. of there it says that it says that like she was so different and stuff and that she hated Venus so much that her parents were thinking about taking her back to earth because um. like it wasn't really a life for yeah. one to live. So, so they gang up with her because she's from Earth, not because she's going back to Earth. Um, okay. But no, anyway, not because she's from Earth. They're, they're all from Earth. But um, I think they're all from Earth. No, but I think she's unique in remembering the sun, right? I think yeah, that's one yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah. It's almost kind of like. Like, the only thing Margo's driven by is the sun, right? Like, that's the only thing she's happy about. She's, like, not happy about anything else. Only the sun. 
That's true. There's there's a line about this. Um, yeah. It's like they're all singing about happiness and life and how it's all happy. It almost sounds like, yeah. And then she doesn't sing except when the sun comes out. Well, well, yeah. Um, she doesn't sing unless when the sun's like singing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you only had an hour of sunshine every seven years. I might like for I might look forward to it too. Um, uh, so um, anyway, as I was as I was reading it, uh, sort of occurred to me uh, that the uh, the short story is sort of like a sci-fi slash uh, Lord of the Flies mashup of Plato's Cave. Whoa, that's please say more. All right, so they're all underground. True. Uh, they never see the sun. Um, they're in this artificial Wait, sorry. environment. Brent, Brent, I'm 13 years old. What's Plato's Cave? Oh, uh, okay. Well, Plato's Cave is a very uh, famous metaphor uh, in the philosophy of, of Plato, articulated through. Uh, the person of Socrates in, in one of the dialogues. And the idea is that people are underground in this cave and they're, they're tied up and uh, they're staring at shadows on a wall. People are basically putting on a, a puppet show for them. And they think these shadowing, these shadow images, these flickering images on the wall are reality uh, until someone leads them out of the cave into the sun, into the real world, uh, which I think is supposed to, if, if I remember uh, freshman philosophy correctly, I think it's supposed to be uh, uh, a metaphor for the, the forms, the platonic forms. So it's this mental journey where you're caught in sophistry and illusion, and eventually you come to know reality. Um, mm. So I I, I, I I kind of saw the short story as this retelling of the the metaphor of Plato's cave. They're underground. They have the fake sun and the sun lamps. They're all sort of pallid. They're living this artificial life that's nothing like the, the life you would live on Earth. And for one hour every seven years, they get to come out of the cave and into the sun. And Margot is telling them that, like, hey, this isn't real life. Like, the sun's out there. There's a better way to be. Um, and they hate her, right? They hate her so much for telling for telling them that what they're experiencing, exper what they are experiencing, is not real life. That they tie her up and they throw up in a they throw her in a closet, and she she ends up being she ends up missing out on the experience as a result. So it's not you know it's not a one to one correlation, but I definitely I don't know I I, I definitely think there's something there. Yeah, I kind of almost saw like Margot. Like, if you kind of saw her personality, like, that her personality would kind of be like the sun. And, like, it's kind of being washed away. And, like, the kids are, they're kind of the rain, and they're kind of washing the sun away. And so, like, she kind of, she only kind of gets to, like, show her true personality for, like, like, yeah, it's 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 definitely different. And, you know, Ray, Ray Bradbury, you know, he has this sort of, like almost mystical disposition especially for a sci-fi writer like he uh he once tried to uh write a script or a presentation for a planetarium and 
you know, they couldn't come to terms because the guy wouldn't, uh, the guy wouldn't make it scientific enough. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty funny. And, you know, he had, he had this very strange process of, of, of uh, coming up with story ideas where he said he came up with his story ideas when he was uh, waking up in the morning in the mental state between asleep and wakefulness. He would have an idea and he'd, he'd get up, he'd run to the typewriter, he'd write it down, or as he was falling asleep. Hmm. Um, are definitely like, sorry, but like those are definitely like nice. Well, the waking up's a bad moment, but the going to sleep is definitely a nice moment. Like, they're yeah. very different moments. Well, so he, he said that that's where he would get his stories, story ideas. Were, and they, they'd be sort of metaphors mixing with metaphors. So, you know, that made me think that maybe, I mean, this this thing is a metaphor, and he's kind of playing with one of the classic metaphors of all time, which is uh, Plato's cave. And, uh, but he, you know, he's, he's doing something, he's doing something original and different, maybe, uh, you know, maybe almost mystical with it. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I definitely kind of have the same thought. It definitely, it definitely goes deep. The it's for four pages, it goes really deep. That's true. Well, I, I mean, it's so you know, it's very. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out what's what's going on there beneath the surface. Like, I'm still not sure what I think about the story. You know, I've read it a couple times now. It's a very strange story. Um, I had to read it. I had to read. To be honest, I had to read it twice to fully kind of grok what was going on with it. And uh, you know, I, I I don't. I'm not sure. I, I I fully understand what what the intended effect on the reader is supposed to be, or what what Bradbury was trying to say. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's like trying to go for a deeper message, or just trying to be like, like like sci-fi i don't i don't get what it should be well i think sometimes when i'm when i'm trying to think about what the intended effect is i say well maybe i'm trying too hard and maybe i should just start by asking what the actual effect is so what effect did this story have on me that's a question i have for both of you but i can go first yeah the main thing that struck me about this story is i'm not saying this is all it's about but just at first blush, this is a story about the cruelty of children. Oh wow! Which is a pretty interesting is a pretty interesting thing for authors to to talk about, and it's always struck me when when an author discusses this because it just seems sort of distinctly painful and also familiar to all of us. I mean, I think obviously you know I had a very happy childhood, but there were moments when I remember, especially around this age, I think eight, nine, ten, kids can be pretty cruel. They're like sophisticated enough to achieve uh, some pretty high level social dynamics, but they haven't been civilized by the world yet. And there's still some sort of uh, unfiltered reactions that happen. And so kids can be pretty mean at this age. And I think a lot of adults have observed this, kids on the playground. And I remember seeing, you know, kids ganging up in these weird ways on each other in the playground. And of course, with kids, it all sort of ends pretty quickly. And that's one slightly uplifting thing about the story is that the kids do feel bad. 
Uh, yeah, think, they get to the they get to the end and they're they're sort of repent of it. They're like, oh, yeah, it says they remember that what they did. Yeah, which which is true of children. I think they forget very quickly, but they can also be very cruel when they all gang up on her and they push her, and she's completely unresistant. She's completely helpless. But they push her and they lock her in her closet and then they will go and they have this like wonderful thing. So yeah, I mean, it, like, but then we do get sad at the end because like one of them gave a little cry. I mean, like they're sad. Yeah. That, like they were so cruel. Yeah. So but anyway, that's the main thing that struck me in the story, which I realize is a pretty, is a pretty sort of like first order thing. You know, it's, 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 uh, as I said, I'm not saying that's everything that Ray Bradbury wanted to say, but that's the main thing that that's the main effect it had on me. What about you guys? Maybe just like the first, first blush, first glance kind of thing. Um, for me, like the first thing I felt when I read the story, like after I finished it, is I was like really sad. <laughs> I was just like, wow, short. this is really sad. It's kind of like dark and sad. I mean, like the one thing that drove this girl was like the sun, and like the one time she like she had the opportunity to see it, like it was done. Is gone, which is kind of sad. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it is it is a pretty strong, uh, strong, a pretty strong moment. Yeah. What about you, friend? I don't. My main my main first impression was uh, the strangeness of the story. True. Like we're on Venus, but it's not a fiery hellhole. It's actually raining all the time. Um, how did that happen? Did it be terraforming Venus? Is this some alternate universe where Venus is actually wet and not uh, not fiery? Um, why why does it rain for seven years at a time? How is that possible? Uh, why have we decided to come here if it's so inferior compared to Earth? Is Earth overpopulated? What's going on? Um, and uh, you know, I I do think kids can be mean, but I think. I still think uh, a gang of kids tying up another child in a closet is strange behavior. That's true. It that's is. Not, that's, that's, that's not normal childhood bullying. That's that's something else, right? You're not just, uh, you know, you're you're just not calling someone names on the playground or excluding someone. Like, it's, yeah, there's sort of a deeper reason for it, right? Where, where are the teachers here? Like, so like the the kids are. <laughs> Alone in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, it said like they, the and they tie Margo up. Yeah, what type of teacher leaves for long enough for a few kids to like, like that's a wrong teacher. That teacher should get like sent back to Earth or whatever. However, they can like demote a teacher in Venus. That they should do that to that teacher. I mean, I think I think Venus is where you get sent where you've already screwed up as a teacher. No. Because, I mean, like, I assume that they're trying to rebuild a civilization. So I assume that they sent, like, good teachers. Because, like, they're trying to build up, like, a new earth, right? That's yeah, what I assume. We have no idea. We have no idea. Yeah. I, for one, choose to believe it's a prison colony like Australia. Um, no. I, for one, choose to believe that they're just, like, trying to explore for science. What about you, Smooth? Well, I think there's kind of a hint of some economic reasons. Maybe Earth is overpopulated now. So Margot, well, she doesn't say, but it is said of Margot's family that if they went back to Earth, they'd be taking a big pay cut, right? So maybe the thing is the government is not paying for people to go to these different lower quality planets 
um, because there's too many people on Earth. That's yeah, just maybe, one. maybe if you go to Venus, you get UBI. Like that's the trade-off. Um, mm. Universal, universal basic income. Right. Um, right. You know, Is just like a, you get you, you get a dividend for living in Alaska. Um, right. <laughs> you do. You do. A very small one. Don't don't get excited. Not to, uh, to convince you, Humpy. Oh. Um, <laughs> but here's a question then, because we're having this whole conversation about what we can figure out and why it's set there. What do you think it achieves? I mean, I feel like he could have written, at least so far as we've distilled what we think are the essential elements of the story, right? Uh, you know, maybe the cruelty of the children or like her hope in the sun or this cave idea that you have, Fran, which I think there's quite a lot too. Uh, that could have easily been set in a much more normal setting. So why all the, why all the weirdness? I feel like he spends most of the story explaining the weirdness to us, like all this weird. Well, because like, like you can't, it, like you see the sun on Earth. We don't like. I guess he didn't know what Venus was like. Like, like Earth is too normal. So like, you can't really like have such an extreme situation. Yeah, we're like it's rainy for seven years, and you only see the somewhat. Well, I know that, but I'm saying, like, he wouldn't need to have all those details, I think, to just have a story about, like, a very, very, very hopeful child who's totally, totally had her heart set on one thing, and then it gets taken away from her by her. Well, then maybe it's not about that. That's true. That's a good point. But then, I mean, so, you know, the premise is interesting, you know, always seeing the sun for an hour. Um, You know what it could be about? which is kind of relevant to what we're going through right now, is, like, not taking things for granted. Hmm. Like, and it's kind of relevant to what it is now. Like, for example, like, I was, like, before COVID and whatever, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I was going to go visit um, Phil and Lisa and everyone. I was going to go, and I was so excited. I was going to fly over. It was, like, I was going to go by myself. Mom and dad weren't going to go. It was just going to be me. I was so excited. I was like, this is definitely going to happen. I'm so excited. And, like, of course, it, like, it got canceled. And so, like, you can't really take things for granted. I think that's what the story is kind of saying. I mean, I don't know, man, which sounds like a Hallmark card. If that's I know. I mean, I know it sounds like shishi and whatever. But, like, I mean, maybe it could be that. Like, you can't always take things for granted. I mean, what else could it be? A lot of um, cruelty. Of, like, there's a lot of things that it could be. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, you know, I, uh, I, I do think, uh, I don't know. I think at it, I think personally at a symbolic level, uh, Margot is like, she's like some kind of prophet, right? Uh, the, you know, you know, the, what's the, what's the line from the Bible? No, no prophet is welcome in their own town. That's true. That's true. Right. She tells them the sun's real. They don't believe her. They throw her in a closet. They go see that the sun's real. No, and I then they, they, then they sort they of, do. they repent of throwing her in the closet. I like that reading, Brian. I think what Margo tells the kids is something I'd kind of overlooked, but seems pretty important. I mean, yeah. I think definitely um, it could be that, but I mean, 
it like I don't think that they didn't know that the sun existed. I mean, I think they knew that. The sun I could existed. be wrong, but I recall I recall her that her telling them about it, and either they deny that she sees the sun, or they deny that the sun exists. No, no, I have it here. I think. And, go ahead, Plumpy. Um. Uh. They're like. They're like Margo's like oh I can't wait and then they're like this one kid Williams like bullying her. And then he starts going, all lies. Like, and she was like, no, but it's going to happen today. And then William starts going, all lies. Right, guys? And then he, like, looks at everyone. And then it was like, yeah, it's all going to be a lie. The sun isn't going to come out. And then they're, like, all ganging up on her. And then they, like, push her in the closet. Well, I mean, I think that fits with my uh, my narrative, if not in the particulars, in the sort of general uh, general direction. Mm-hmm. I like the prophet sort of uh, angle. So I, I, can, I can see it. I can definitely see it. Aside from the um, like all the symbolism, all the interpretation, does it work as a story? What do you mean? Does it work as a story? Is it engaging? I mean, it's short. So that's kind of one aspect of it. I do like like when I'm reading a book to like have a long time of reading it and being able to like really think deeply. So it's definitely short. It's four pages. It's good if you want something short. And it's okay, not. Well, it's not listen, if, if, if someone blurbs my uh, work of fiction with the words, it's short, I would be pretty angry at that person. <laughs> I mean, it is short. I'm sorry. I, I mean, what do you want me to say? It's four pages. Pompey's right in pointing out one of the very unusual aspects of the story, but I also agree that I would be offended in that position as well. Oh, no. I mean, I like the story, and if you want something short, it's good for you, but like, I think it's too short. Does it work? Do I think it works? I think it works. I think it the, ending, the ending is a little abrupt, and I'm not really sure what's yeah. to it. It ends with just like. It ends with they unlock the door even more slowly and let Mar go out. And I mean, that's the end. Um, well, I mean, so so you're you're very abruptly thrown into this extremely strange world. I mean, not only are you on Venus, but it's raining all the time for seven years in a row. You're given zero context. Uh, you you don't really fully understand what's going on, and just as you get in your bearings. Something really sad happens, and then the story's over. Yeah, it's kind of like, like, uh, Juancho, we were, we were discussing this from before, like, uh, with someone else, we were discussing, like, how, like, some movies, they just go, like, everything's building up, building up, building up, and then the last 10 minutes, something super sad, something finishes up, and the movie's done. You know? Yeah, there's a weird amount of context for the story, if... All that happens is that they lock her in a room, go play in the sun, and then let her out. Yeah. So there's definitely something else. There's there is one thing going for this book. It's easily it's easily accessible. If you just go to like if you just type in All Summer in a Day by Ray Bradbury, um, you're gonna get it. Like it's very easily accessible. It's free online. True. True, that's a good detail. So that's a good detail to get. Whereas like other books you might have to pay and stuff. I didn't have to pay and it's short. 
Yeah. I mean, so what else do you want me to say? Typically, we call that pumpy. You're you're damning with faint praise. In fact, you're not even praising it. So <laughs> I am praising it. I'm saying I'm saying that it's a good thing. I'm the saying ob- that it's a good thing. Observations are almost completely neutral. Maybe they're on the positive side of neutral, but barely. Yeah. I what mean, do you think, Frank? Do you think it works as a piece of fiction? I I'd have to read it like two or three more times to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but... I, 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 like, I, it was just a very strange reading experience. So then, clearly, um, if you have to do that, then it's not a good story. I disagree. Well, no, I, I think, I think it's, it's a lot of fun as, a, as, as symbols, right? It's like, oh, look, it's Plato's cave. But I, I think for a work of fiction to, to, to work, I think there needs to be more. You need to be absorbed by the experience. Like I've read short stories where I read it and I'm completely absorbed. I'm enchanted and charmed. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not, that was not my experience. And that's not, a, that's not, that's a, not a, and, and, and you know what, that's not to knock Ray Bradbury or to knock the story. I think uh, books, fiction, art is a lot like a meal in some ways. Um, whether or not you like the meal has at least as much to do with you as it has to do with the chef or the meal itself. Um, for example, if you're not hungry, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the meal less. Um, sure. If you're, um, you know, it you, depends on your mood. Would a little like bit, yeah. Well, sure. I I mean, you know, if you if you like, if you go for a rotten beer, taste better afterwards. Um, <laughs> So, so you know, maybe I wasn't in the right place to receive the story. It's not like I disliked it, but my my impression was like I don't understand what's going on. And then, okay, that was really. I feel like it could have done better, or it might have been planned as a longer story, and then for some reason, like it became shorter. But it's definitely like a much shorter book. No, not even book, like short story. Well, when when a story's that that short. It's uh, it, it's hard to get fully engaged with the characters. Yeah, you never get your feet under you reading it. But maybe there's some reason why it's short. Maybe there is. I'm, you know, look, look, Ray Bradbury was, uh, you know, he's one of the most successful science fiction writers of all time. And who am I to say that he doesn't know what he's doing? Um. Now, I guess I could say the story didn't work for me, but you know. Um, it could just be that I need to put more effort into the story. Mm-hmm. It could just be that. I don't know, Juan. What's your aesthetic judgment? Um, I like your analogy, your analogy of the meal. I think it's probably something we don't think enough about when we're reading. Um, on the other hand, there's some meals that like almost everybody who was hungry would agree are excellent meals, and some meals that almost everybody, even if they were hungry, would agree are bad. Right. So, so I'm not I'm not saying there's no such thing as like good or bad fiction. Right. I'm right, saying right. that I don't I don't take my my impression, especially my initial impression, to be dispositive. I think that's uh, perfect. Because I know I know mine is not the wisdom of the ages. And right. uh, I also know that it could just have something or it could just be that I like like I'm tired. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, I think that's a very good point. And yeah, I definitely think that's something that we don't consider enough. You know, did this book, did the story catch me at the right time? I mean, how many good books have I started and not finished? 
Um, typically, if I get if I get into it a little bit, then I'll then I'll finish it, even if it gets slow in the middle. But probably like a few books that people say are like really incredible, you know, like world class books, like some of the best books I've ever written. I just couldn't get more than twenty pages into it, and and I think your point that it has to catch you at the right time. You know, you well, have to you be- can't you can't make a judgment in a book in twenty pages. Yeah, yeah. So um, you need to give it more time. Yeah, but in terms of the story, I think it's cool. I think the shortness. I think it's a different experience. Well, you know what? I just a- thought about this. I thought of this is an interesting point. So, how much sunshine do these kids get? I mean, isn't it two hours every seven years or so? Yeah, an hour every seven years. It's it's over so quick. Just like the story. Oh. <laughs> so that's really nice. That maybe there's an aesthetic choice there, right? It's like the, the, the shortness of the story mirrors the shortness of the chance these kids and get also, to be a real human being. Like, you're sad when the story ends, and so like these kids are sad when the sunshine ends. Well, the opportunity to experience real life is so short and it's over so quickly, and it's so easily missed by uh, by Margot, right? I know. Right. That's really so, good, friend. I mean, so, like, you know, so, I mean, that's clever, right? That's a clever um, device by Ray Bradbury. Is it the truth? I mean, we're never going to know the truth about what the story is. Well, I'm not sure that's true. This brings up an interesting point, Pompey, is, like, um, what matters more? How readers interpret things or what authors intended when they were writing things? I think it's definitely how, how what... Uh, Authors like how uh, what readers intended or what readers thought about, but um, you know, you know. No, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the author owns the story, right? I, no, I don't definitely think, not. I don't think when you write something, you get to define forever what it means. Um, That's true. It's inherently subjective, and people get to decide what it means for them. Um, you know, it's 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 fiction. I it's not like your point, though. I do really like your point. Um, all right. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think I think this one this one sort of uh, you know I I think uh, uh, Ray Bradbury you know has this almost mystical approach to fiction, right? You know he's not necessarily there to entertain you. Um, right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, I think it bears rereading. Maybe, uh, maybe come in, coming and revisiting it and see if the, see if the aesthetic experience is different. Yeah, maybe it's worth it. Maybe like, maybe it's worth it to go back in, uh, and when you're in a better mood and revisit it, see how you feel. Yeah. And I think you make a good point too, that. Not everything is written to be entertaining either. I mean, we've had a pretty good discussion about this now, right? Which is sort of worthwhile in its own right. So some books you can really sink into and just really enjoy, you know, a long novel with these great characters and it's such a pleasure to read. I wouldn't say the story was a pleasure to read. Well, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a pleasure. It wasn't unpleasant either, right? It was just, it was very strange and over very quickly. Yeah. 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 So, 
I guess yeah. the nicest thing about the story, or not the nicest thing, we keep we keep you know sneaking in these horrible, these horrible. Uh, <laughs> but a, no, I'm just I'm just being a, honest about my. I mean, the reason we picked this one is because Swampy suggested it, and you suggested it because you read it in school. Right? Yeah, um, I mean, I read this book in school with my class, and we had a nice conversation about it. So what did the class have, What did the class have to say? What did the teacher have to say? Pretty much everything we said. A lot of the things that you guys brought up were points that uh, me and my classmates brought up and that our teacher kind of directed us in. All but right. Who, who stole my Plato's Cave Thunder? No, no one. That, that's actually one thing that no one, that no one stole. Don't, don't you worry. We're not that advanced. You made a few really nice points, Fran. I think Plato's Cave is a good read. Profit is a really interesting sort of point. But yeah. And also the shortness of the story and the shortness of You Rumor in the Sun. That's maybe a bit a bit meta literary for my taste, but I also think it is pretty clever. It could work, but yeah, um, no, we definitely uh, what we touched about was pretty much everything we talked about, minus Plato's cave and minus the sun relating to Margot. But then another thing that we that we kind of that we kind of stayed on more was that Margot could somehow be like the um, like not the not the right person in this situation, and that she could kind of be wrong in this situation. Really? Yeah. So you sympathize with the with the kids who locked yeah. her in I mean, those kids have never seen the sun before. And Margot's seen it. And so like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait. So, so the takeaway from your class was that Margot had it coming? No. <laughs> no. We just touched upon this a little bit more. That Margot, like, like, the kids definitely don't like her because she's seen the sun, right? Right. And, I mean, it's not fair. She remembers the sun, and they don't. And so they kind of, like, like, I can understand, like, I don't say it's right or anything, but I can see why they shut her in a closet because they're like, now it's our turn to go see the sun, which is a wrong sentiment, but they did it. And I think that could be, like, why they did it, which kind of relates back to your point that kids at that age can be very nasty. Well, it's jealousy, right? It's it's like yeah, it's it's jealousy. That's that's exactly what it is. And so, it's not that you just you, it's not that you just that you want to have what the other person's had. You want them not to have it. Exactly. That's, that's, that's ultimately kind of what, they what got. we touched upon. But it's like not that Margaret's bad, but like it's kind of her fault. <laughs> In other words, Margot had it coming. Yes, um, Margot kind of did have it coming. That's quite I, a, I disagree. I don't think Margaret had it coming. No. Um, yeah. And then, like, later on, they're, like, they're talking about the sun. And they're, like, no, that's not it. You don't know. So, like, they're kind of, like, they kind of wanted to experience the sun on, by themselves. And they wanted to kind of have it equal. I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, like, sort of scapegoating her for their terrible experience of life. Um, yeah. They're kind of taking it out on her. Because she's got, like, a leg above. Like when someone's got like something nice, you want to have you want to have what they have, and you don't want them to have, like you want to be have the nicer thing, right? And so they want to have the nicer thing of seeing the sun themselves, and like not when Margot was there. True, and that makes any sense. So we kind of we kind of touched upon that, and that was very interesting. Who was the English teacher? Um. 
Okay, wait. Can we cut that out? Because I'm not sure if he's cool with me saying his name. You know. All right. No, that's fine. You don't have to tell me. We will talk. We. That's yeah. fine. We will cut it out. We'll just. We'll just not say his name. Um. That that's right. fine. Makes sense. Um, I don't want to say yeah. his name, but if my English teacher's listening, you know, do you want me to say your name? I'm sure we'll read other books that we read this year, and you want me to tell you my name? Just. Very exactly. respectful. Very respectful, Bumpy. Way to not dox your English teacher. Um, <laughs> anyway, I should I should go, guys. I'm pretty beat. Yeah. Um, wait, I have, I have one. I have one last one last thing before we, we sign off. Um, uh, it seems to me that Ray Bradbury really really does not like school. Um, that's that's a theme. Anyway, that that's all that's all I'll say about that because you're tired, but. Uh, well, we'll that's, that's a... Stay tuned next week. No. no there's nothing to stay tuned for. We're done talking about this short story. We're done. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like we said, it, 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 it got far enough. It's, it's as far as it's going to go. We're done with the reader, The reader will have to decide for themselves. Yes. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Not the best thing about the short story, but a nice thing about this short story is that it's so easy for someone to read and make up their mind. It would take yeah. time. You know, there's almost no cost, right? Often you want to know if a book is good or not before you read it. But all right, all right. Yeah, all right. I, mean, I got to go. My, my son is gesticulating wild at me, begging for me to be there. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I just want to finish with this last thing. If anyone wants to read the book, it's four, a short story. It's four pages, and so it's not like any great novel where people are like, "It's so good, read it, read it." It's like it's four pages. It's easy to read, and you can judge whether you like it or not. True. All right. All right. All right. Say hi to Carlos. Yeah, say hi to yeah, Carlos. Yeah, All right. Bye. Have a good night, bye. guys. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.